This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Blue Monday podcast with me, Richard Woodward, and joining me from uh, The Guardian, a football journalist and lifelong town fan slash sufferer, I guess, Nick Ames. Nick, morning to you. It's been a momentous week. How are you? How is, how's it been for you? Busy, I guess? It's been pretty exhausting, I, I have to say. When I got the heads up on Wednesday that this was probably going to break within sort of 40, 45 minutes, so I already had quite a busy day on and I was like, I'm so excited, but sort of not today, please. <laughs> and, then, and then it happened, and, and and obviously, you know, from 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 a fan personal perspective, and and also from a professional one, you you are buzzing at, at a story like that. So I, I, I very much join everyone else in sort of their mind wandering to to how it's all going to pan out and and what might be over, over the next few years. Yeah, so we'll have a bit of chat about that. Interesting to understand any chronology that you and any insights that you've got. Obviously. Um, we were just saying that you you kind of had to put Ipswich Town down briefly. You you cover Premier League, particularly Arsenal and the London clubs, is it? So you were at Arsenal last night and Fulham later on. So um, we'll give you a little bit of time to digest the Ipswich Town news and we're grateful for your time. I guess the first thing that I kind of wanted to um, throw onto the screen and for those listening, Nick Nick um, wrote an article for The Guardian, was it December um, last mm. year? 2020, wasn't it? Paul Lambert battles for Ipswich future at a ghost club in a rapid decline. And that chimed with the majority of the fan base. I assume you got lots of likes and retweets and interaction on Twitter. That must have been a hard thing to write. It was a hard thing to to read seeing that 13 years of, of I guess, what we can call it now is chronic mismanagement, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, as context for the takeover, your feelings kind of writing that article must have been really tough. Yeah, it was tough, and it was um, one of those. Um, I think I said at the time where like, I I have to pick my moments to write about town, obviously, because it's it, it is a, a national platform, and 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 we can't be covering the ins and outs every week. But I pick this. I pick that particular moment because I I personally had had enough, and I could read the room and see that it was a bit of a tipping point that we'd reached for everybody, for ev- everyone watching this, no doubt. So I wrote that piece just to summit where the club was at, how it had got there. And also the fact, and, and, and I said this at the end of the piece, that it is a club with a lot going through it that maybe we don't shout about enough and people in Ipswich don't shout about enough. I, I very much believe that. Um, and and that it could and should be better. Um, so I wrote that at the time. And I, 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 I was actually bowled over by, um, I mean, not only the response from town fans, when, when I looked at our internal figures at the Guardian of who who and who have a piece of it was huge, and that's not because of anything I did. It, it is because Ipswich, and and I find this whenever I write about town, um, is a name people still want to know about. It's the name that resonates with people, especially if you probably if you if you're over over, over 25, 30 anyway, and um and um and, 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 and the figures were big. Um, so that all made me think, okay, 
if a positive change can happen here at town, there is a lot to work with. And, you know, I don't, I don't, what do I want to get out of that, of that article? I guess I wanted people more widely. therapy? To think, it was a bit of therapy, but also to make people more widely think about the situation that town had found themselves in as well. And, you know, it's easy to say with, um, with hindsight, a lot of things now, given that the takeovers happen, but um, maybe part of you is thinking, oh, maybe a, maybe an interested party is going to read this and think, oh, yeah, this is a hell of a project. And as it was, that was totally unnecessary because something was firmly in the works that absolutely none of us knew about. But uh, yeah, there was a, a bit of catharsis. It had to be written, I think, at the time somebody had to do it. Um, and I could have gone in much harder, by the way, in, in certain places, you know, I, I think. Um, but yeah, looking back now, it, it's it's quite funny that that piece went out and five months later four months later we're we're sat here having this conversation yeah i mean it was almost like a prospectus nick because you're right you kind of you you've done the light and the shades because the light is talking about the history the 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 size of the stadium the size of the catchment area the academy and clearly those were the things that perhaps swayed the folks at game changer limited um game changer 20 limited to use their full name um and the, and those are things that they've talked about subsequently as well. So, um, just to dwell on, on Marcus Evans briefly, I, if, again, it may be a bit of therapy and catharticness, if that's the word, um, to look back on that one. I mean, your article to go on to the dark. We we spoke to Jim White um, a, a few months ago. He he did a similar article, and and when you know someone like Jim, who's who's you know he's, he's been in in your industry for a few decades now, hasn't he? And um, is, is quite a voice of authority and hasn't got any skin in the game when it comes to Ipswich. When he's saying similar things as well, you know that that makes people stand up and, and take notice. What? Well, how would you sum up the Marcus Evans era? Because it started with with I've always said it started with good intentions, and perhaps the reality dawned and the task at hand was probably just too big for him, wasn't it? I think you pretty well summed it up there. Honestly, I'm I'm not gonna um, I'm not gonna go down the road of of personally criticizing Evans. I I think his intentions were good. I think they still are good. And I, I I think I think ultimately now one way that I might judge him is is in the hands that he's chosen to leave the club in um, for the future, which which he has made quite a big deal of, of saying is a painstaking process for him. I, I, I gather he's had at least 40 approaches for the club in wow. his town and he's chosen this one. So, and, and, and trusted it enough to keep a 5% share himself. So, you know, if, 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 he's, if he's chosen the right custodianship, then that will be a redeeming feature from whatever happened before. I think overall it's been a massive disappointment, massive disappointment. Town, town became, has become, hopefully will no longer be a, a shell of a club without the right infrastructure to to compete, certainly top half championship or um, or higher. It was, and I, and I think Stuart Watson has said this phrase many times: "Death by a thousand cuts." Um, I I think Evans, you know, could only put a certain amount of money in, which, which he did out of his own pocket and kept the club afloat in many ways. But um, I, I think there was no real drive to make town smarter off the pitch to sort of look at where we can invest even if it's not in big transfer fees big players to make that difference um that other clubs have done there was scant investment in personnel in, in in the infrastructure that was eroded and in the end that you're left in a place where you're just running to catch up and hoping hoping that you've got some way of holding it all together and mick mccarthy did that and, and I'm, I'm sure this has all been spoken about at length many times um and after Mick left, you're you're then exposing a total lack of structure that depends on a very strong figure, strong manager to hold it all together. We we didn't have that in Paul Hurst. Didn't ultimately have it in Paul Lambert. I I thought we might. I thought we would actually. Um, I was wrong. I I thought Paul Lambert was going to keep town up, and I thought things were, were going to get a lot better, and they didn't. So I was completely wrong. And then Paul Cook, I think, is a bit more out of the Mick McCarthy mould. I think not yeah. necessarily in in terms of football style, but in person in terms of personality and gravitas. And maybe it could work. Maybe it would have worked in the short term with uh, Paul Cook, Marcus Evans' axis. But the club had to move on. It's got to the point where where we had to move on, and we can pick over every little aspect of it. But I think overall, it's been a failure. I think it's been a well-intentioned failure. Yeah, it's interesting, and yeah, you know, I'll put your uh, the screenshot of your article 
just up here as well from earlier in the week. Ipswich enter New Era with 40 million pound takeover by Game Changer 20. Um, and you've, you've mentioned Derby there as well. And interesting to get your take on other transactions and how this one might compare. Um, when did you first become aware of this? Is was it a similar time to everyone else? Kind of in, in kind of mid to late February, wasn't it? it? Started. You didn't get any early inklings from everywhere no. else. Very very similar timing. I, I'm, I'm obviously the and the three outlets that probably reported it was the Athletic and TWMTD and ourselves and. I think my report went out last. Um, so um, I had a good indication that um, that week from someone who who I trust and and, and who should know um, that it had got to an, an advanced stage, a very advanced stage. But you're not going to run a piece like that without sourcing it severally. So I didn't quite have the way to make every JSON piece fit. Um, Matt Slater, our outstanding journalist, brilliant colleague, did um, run a fantastic story, um, which was right um Phil, Phil on on t on wtd did as well and, and over 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 that weekend i asked a lot of questions and managed to work out for myself that okay this had got to a very late stage um it was probably with, with the EFL, efl for ratification on their table and i was confident enough by that monday morning that i knew it was probably going to happen um so then that story um and after that after that, for the subsequent month, it was one of those where no one's really going to give you a running commentary on a deal like this, or at least you're very lucky if, if you're going to get one. I wasn't lucky enough. So um, so there was a lot going around about maybe it's stalled, maybe it hasn't, maybe this and maybe that. But everyone that I was calling was just saying, it's the same. Nothing new, nothing new. And in my head, as, as long as it's nothing new, it's not off, is it? And, you know, and within that, there can be ups and downs and oscillations and people, people, you know, land registry and, searches and the like. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, so I, I was, I was always fairly, fairly confident that as long as no one told me it was off, it, it was on. And then, then obviously there was a, a lot of speculation over, over the weekend, which largely came from message board forums and, and the like. And I probably only got the heads up that, which made me think, oh, hang on a minute about 45 50 minutes before it happened on wednesday um and then by that time I, I wasn't i wasn't at all surprised to see the announcement at 11 but i'd be lying if i said there was some drip drip running commentary of information coming between when i first was confident it was going to happen and when it broke you're basically sitting tight and hoping no one tells you it's off we we kind of before we started recording we kind of speculated what the situation was in in february because it was kind of a big bang kind of moment rather than you know the drip feed as you say it suddenly was there's this takeover it's looking like to happen there was a little bit of the hiatus did you find that a little bit strange that you know you mentioned Matt later you know it was it was all kind of it went from naught to 100 pretty quick didn't it and then obviously the cooling off bit we can only speculate as to why that might be but was that a negotiation tactic partly perhaps on one side of the table or was it i mean we know now that it's been 14 months in the works so perhaps mm -hmm. someone went a little bit early um any any thoughts on what that might be obviously don't feel yeah, free yeah. to don't put your hands uh, your flag to the mask if, if you if you don't want to maybe um, I, I mean that there'll be an element of speculation i i know that the game changer side of it were, were, were concerned about stuff getting out because i i think if too much did there was you know marcus evans as as um, Mike O'Leary said in, in the press conference a couple of days ago, is is a very wealthy man and could just walk away if he if he if he feels he's not being treated correctly in a deal and it's not being treated with the respect required and and that kind of thing. So I think there was a lot of caution on that side, and it might be, and I don't know that you know that on Marcus's side he wasn't that happy when bits started dripping out a month or so ago. I don't know. Um, I also know that the ratification process from the EFL is a, a, a very variable <laughs> feast. And, and I, I was told, again, by people close to the situation a month or so ago, you know, this could take days or it could take several weeks or, or, or a couple of months, partly because of the COVID situation. And as we know, in every part of life, life at the moment, everything is that bit more fiddly um, and takes a bit longer. So there could also have been an element of that where something that should have taken a fortnight took a month. Um, 
I'm I'm mainly speculating, to be honest. I think we all we all are. Um, very few people maybe have got a seat around the table and know the truth that one on that one. Um, so so moving on to Game Changer Twenty Limited um, and ORG. Um, what's your what's your stance on pension funds owning football clubs or owning majority stakes in football clubs? Does it does it increase the pressure to succeed? Or does it increase the likelihood of you know very what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I, I, I guess it puts a lot of pressure on on the success, doesn't it? I, I, I can't say any better than that. You know, mm. are are the outcome for ORG and Game Changer Twenty Limited is. Ipswich gets promoted twice and is stable in the Premier League and is then a saleable commodity to someone else with more with maybe deeper pockets. Does, does that worry you as as compared to Marcus Evans or not? Well, I guess firstly to to any firemen in Arizona who are watching, we've um, <laughs> we've got this right. <laughs> we've got it covered. Don't worry. We're all in the same boat um, in a way. Um, does it? I mean, it's definitely something that when 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 you hear it doesn't. It, it rings an alarm bell or two, but when you look into it, I think, um, and I'm, I'm no pensions funds expert, but I've, I think pension funds mainly invest in a fairly low risk way. And then maybe in, in, in the remaining chunk, go for a bit of high risk stuff that, you know, if you if it does well, it could totally blow as, as town could if they got from League One to, to the top flight. And if it doesn't do so well, then it's probably not going to, make too much of a dent that's how i understand it anyway um i don't have the impression and again this is from my fag packet knowledge of, of pension funds i i don't necessarily think these things are put in place just for a quick two or three years i, I think they, they can and often are longer term than that so i don't really think there's a, a risk of a sort of two or three year timeline of sort of get up or get out kind of thing from these guys i can understand why there is a few raised eyebrows behind it and it's a bit of a leap into the unknown for everybody and obviously at the end of the day for all for all that we can talk about Brett Johnson and Game Changer and that kind of thing we're kind of at the behest of Edge Schwartz and ORG and what they want to keep doing and Edge Schwartz is someone I'm, I'm pretty sure we're not going to see or hear that much of so so there will be that looming especially for as long as town are flapping around in League One or even lower half championship that is inescapable. Um, you sort of have to take it on trust, don't you? And it, it 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 goes back for me to the fact that Marcus has had these forty approaches before, and he's chosen this one and chosen to stay closely involved. And I I just don't think, for all the mistakes that have been made in the Evans tenure, that he would be picking someone. And I don't think the EFL would be ratifying some some someone or, or some entity that was going to crash and burn town in in five six seven years um how how much money they're willing to put in we'll just have to see i i get the impression that if things go well quite quickly a lot of money could be put in and it could be a very exciting time i i i i i really think that i think if um if time were to get up to the championship in the next year let's say i don't think it's gonna happen this year um and then and then start challenging i think it could be hold on to your hats time honestly um, and 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 that was what Mark Evans was hoping when he came in, in you know Jim Magilton and then and then Roy King got quite a lot of transfer kitty that slowly was whittled away, wasn't it? And and if you do break that kind of glass ceiling to the Premier League, then the riches are there, isn't it? Even in in respect to parachute money, as um, Norwich City know all about. So yeah, it does feel that you know there's a few hurdles to get over. But if I'm ORG or Ed Schwartz, I'm kind of thinking, yeah, there's a big opportunity here. Um, well, got, um, they do have deeper deeper pockets or, or deeper potential resources than Marcus Evans ever had. Mm. I think that's fair to say. Um, and it, it will be about how they choose to deploy them and, and how maybe over the first few years they, they perceive the return they're getting. But, I mean, in terms of, a, yeah, in terms of risk versus um, reward for them, I'm not convinced the risk is that big, even when you look at the losses town make. When you look at, at the size of a pension fund, it runs into billions and billions. Um, but the reward of getting town up from where they are now is potentially absolutely huge. So from their perspective, I kind of get it. And it also incentivizes them to run the club in such a way that it has to happen or, or, or that's to be the best possible chance of it happening. So I do expect big investment in infrastructure, in personnel, in, in people, in sort of ways that 
making marginal gains off the pitch, as we spoke about earlier, and, and, and that kind of thing. And I think they're going to give it a hell of a shot. I also think, from listening to, to Brett Johnson and speaking with him a bit in a Zoom a couple of days ago, that they are realistic. And they do know that Town are a league one club that is, I mean, again, I'm, I'm 85, 90% sure not going, going anywhere this season. And that, you know, it's, I mean, you can't just spend your way out in a year. I think they've got a realism that this could take time. But I think they're determined to do it. I was going to say, uh, the whilst there's the, and this is, I guess, going back to Mark Evans, this is what kind of what you prefer and, and, and expect from a football owner, which is to be, um, is to put the money in, and but not to be seen, to not be micromanaging, to not need to be there today, day to day. So for Game Changer and ORG to have that ownership structure that leans on the likes of Michael Leary and whoever this chief exec is to be the, the face, um, I think is reassuring. But as you said, you, you were part of the, the one-hour press conference on Wednesday night, was it? Um, oh, where Mike O'Leary and, and Brett Johnson gave their, their early views. You must have, all of us have, have come away reassured. How is, how is it for you putting a question to, to Brett Johnson and, and seeing the whites of his eyes as it was when he gave you his answer? I enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, it came across very well. Like, I, I mean, I guess as a, as a baseline, you would expect enthusiasm and energy from a from um, from a new owner or, or part owner in that kind of situation, but it was underpinned by I felt knowledge and knowledge of English football, a, a, a love and reverence for English football, um, a knowledge of football, and I think and what is good about these guys is that they they have built up a club at Phoenix, admittedly from zero, and that's not what you're doing here. You're trying to turn a tanker around here, so it is different. Um, but they built up a club and. You know, established a culture where, as as he said in a couple of answers to questions, people do want to come and play for them and and, and enjoy the environment. Um, so I think his 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 experience in the football business shone through, and his his I think his his more textured knowledge than than maybe some people would have expected of the environment here as well. Um, I know, great talker, good front man as well. Like he's he's clearly been picked as the or put himself forward, whatever, as front man for game changer for a reason. He's very personable, good communicator, really good communicator. Um, think um, I think we'll be seeing a fair amount of him, whether it's on Zoom stuff or or later on in trips when it permits to the UK. I think he plans to be quite visible. Um, and I came away very impressed, and you know. <laughs> You don't want to sound like you're eulogising about something where the future is so unknown. The cult of Johnson. Oh, totally. And, 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 you know, we're all guilty of drinking Kool-Aid sometimes. And, you know, I I thought that, as I say, I I thought, admittedly based on a bit more than first impressions, that Paul Lambert was going to be fantastic at town and and what happened. But from my experience of these things, I got a good feeling. I got a good feeling. I, I I don't think these guys are coming in on zero knowledge. I don't think their chances. I don't, I don't think they woke up one day and thought, "I want to work in an English football club." I think they thought about this. I think they've got a good network, good connections, good knowledge, good vision, good idea of how they want to do it. Um, and I I came away reassured and enthusiastic. And it sounds like there's a, there's a team there. Whilst Brett Johnson might be the face of the, at least the uh, the American arm of um, Game Changer, and there's, there's Burke Bakay, is it? And is it Mark Detmer as well? Yeah, they, they, appear, they appear to have a really um, important uh, contribution made to a Phoenix Rising as well, and and Tucson as well. So that that'll be interesting knowledge. And and let's be honest, Ipswich's Marcus Evans' ability to sweat our assets for revenue. You know, there was chat you know every now and then of all oh, let's sponsor the stadium and i know folks will that will put people off but there's more there's more to getting the most out of the stadium than sticking a sponsor's logo on it and and you know brett johnson has been pretty clear before when he was speaking about phoenix how important the stadium is mm. to the community and and using it on not on non-match days and um so i i think that would be a, a great start as well and what was your thoughts on on michael Leary? i think kind of understated but very knowledgeable, clearly um, in control of things as well. I was quite impressed with him too. Yeah, good speaker. There's, there was something something a little bit more old school about him, and I, I don't mean that in a, any sort of pejorative sense. I, I felt there was a, a composure and a sort of state 
statesman like Manor about him. He's he's obviously been involved in 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 the game on and off, I would say, for a long time. Um, but also like he's you know he's 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 involved and been involved, I think, in many businesses, a lot of different tech companies and, and stuff like that. I I don't think he's any he's a you know a man out of time or anything like that. I thought he came across well. He's clearly clearly not going to be doing this sort of nuts and bolts on the ground every day. Someone's going to come in and do that. Um, I think as a as a conduit for everything in a sort of non-exec role um linking together the us side and whoever is is chief exec and whatever else needs going on i think he um he came across well talked well seemed to know a lot about the club had a few good stories about watching the um the fa cup semi-final in 1978 as a baggy he was able to to reel out a lot of the town side seemed to have a, a genuine appreciation for town um had a had a good record, I think, at West Brom. I've, I've I've not delved intricately into it, but people people tell me he he was liked and um and respected, and you know certainly helped to to push them where they are now. Um, and I think I think also he's a realist. I don't I don't think he's I I think he'll go about things fairly cautiously and strategically. He was talking just going to your point about the stadium. I think there was a question about developing that and this and that. And I think there's always a danger that people think with a takeover like this one, that within six months we're going to see the Portman Road Arena glistening and beautiful and, you know, entertainment and this and that here and there. Not going to happen, I don't think. I think um, he pointed out that it took several years at West Brom to to manicure the Hawthorns, which definitely needed it. I, I remember from going there in my late 90s and, and early 2000s, um, but I think their priority is going to be to put money into the team. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, Which would make sense, now, wouldn't it? Now, now that, you could circle back and say that a bit of the problem with Marcus Evans was that he would pay often decent-ish wages, but the rest of the club was neglected. I think that that is a mistake these guys won't make, and I think they've got the resources to, to put that structure in place. But it was quite clear that for the moment, the priority is a, is a competitive team that can get up, and there may be the... I don't want to say cosmetics, but the surrounding stuff will be sort of second in the key. Yeah, and the good thing, I guess, is I think stadium repairs or upkeep is exempt from FFP laws, perhaps, or something like that, along with the academy. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, if there's money there, then that's, that's handy, I guess. And, yeah. you know, the thing is that, that Marcus Evans really failed to do, and I've spoken to folks at the club about this, is really is to underestimate the optimism or the sentimentalism of football fans. You know, if, if the ownership shows a drive and determination to succeed, then supporters generally line up behind that and, as a result, spend more money, you know. Mm. 
Um, and so I'm not surprised the season ticket announcement, which was expected yesterday, was was pulled because I wouldn't be surprised if something more creative, hopefully, is in the pipeline. And and it kind of again feels win win. You know, you you show commitment off the field to make the match day experience more improved. More people, more families, more kids will want to go. It, it just seems that Mark Evans really didn't get that, and hopefully these, these guys will. And that's why it sounds like they they've created in Phoenix so far. I mean, um, again, club with a well a new ten thousand ish capacity stadium in a in a huge city. So you can't sort of say they've tapped in the whole community. I mean, Ipswich is is a much more compact and small place, but they've definitely from um, from what I'm told really reached out there and 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 got a good community presence and and got people packing in. And um and I think um. Okay, maybe there wasn't the cynicism in Phoenix that there is in Ipswich, and the sort of sense of being knocked back so many times over the years. But I think I think they I think they will come up with stuff that appeals to people. I think they have got a lot of sharp commercial acumen there. I think that will be something that they try and leverage. But again, more in, more in the medium term, um, and hopefully they get bums on seats. And and I hope as a as a, as a fan, really, I, I I hope everyone treats this as as a sort of blank slate a lot has happened a, a lot has happened in in the past dozen years and it's 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 been it's been rough in a, in a itfc context for for everybody a lot of punches but i think this is this is a, a a zero point from which everyone needs to give it a clean slate start again if you if you're lucky enough to be able to afford it get that season ticket see what's going to happen on this road because i i think these people are, are ready to go and ready to make something happen yeah yeah very yeah very much endorse that message um and and you know the the big summer coming up of contracts we've got a question about that which is why i've gone to the phone um paul Cook coming in and as you said you know there's some baggage some psychological baggage that surrounded the club with, with the current structure that is that's kind of gone now we kind of need to move on don't we and hopefully that psychological boost might not happen this season but hopefully next will lead to good things um Let's go to the questions. Thanks to everyone who, who um, posted a question on our Twitter. Um, I'll start with Steve. Um, what are your thoughts on the possibility of Mark Ashton becoming our CEO? Um, he mentions his popularity or lack thereof at Bristol City. Thoughts on Mark Ashton? It's been mentioned quite a few times, hasn't it? It has. And, and firstly, Steve, thanks for your question. Um, yeah, I know from the Bristol end that, that Ashton has been pretty much sidestepping any any questions about this when when anyone tries to doorstep him on it is is what i hear so so whether or not this is live and it's fair to say he's the front runner i think of of what i'm sure are several candidates um we will see um yeah you talk to people at bristol city or around that club and it's it's mixed um i think the sense is he did very well early on in in the transfer market especially and things have sort of turned a bit sour if you like since he made the decision to appoint Dean Holden who was the sort of inexperienced assistant manager um, last summer wasn't it and um, there was a bit of a sense that maybe he was involving himself too much in certain things again this isn't my opinion but it's the sense that people have conveyed um, maybe maybe a sense that he got a bit too hands-on and, and then obviously he's, he's appointed Nigel Pearson and they're they're still in a, in a bit above her, I think, in, in the table, definitely comparative to where they want to be. Um, I don't know enough about his methods. Um, I don't know enough about what specifically is, you know, positive and negative about how he works. What I do know is that an, an experienced CEO in football is needed. He is that. Um, Town about CEOs before, then Marcus, then Marcus dispensed with that kind of role, and and there was clearly a big void where where some serious on the ground leadership should be. Um, Simon Clegg obviously didn't have that football experience in um, Ian Milne. Lovely guy, good at engaging with people, but maybe not either. So someone who's got that that clout and gravitas of having having worked for a club like like Bristol City, which is um, is a big club and other clubs before, could do well in the right structure. Um, I would say without commenting on Ashton specifically, somebody of that profile, somebody with that kind of experience, whether or not it's him, is definitely required to push this project forward. And I'm very glad that it seems to be an absolute priority 
of the owners, and I, I, I think they expect to get something with somebody tied up for Maybe Stuart Webber fancies a new project. Who knows? Um, Kate Riley, um, who is familiar to you, I'm sure. Um, how much of a clear out does Nick think will happen over the summer? Not specifically of anything, not players or no one else has mentioned. How much of a clear out is there going to be, Nick? <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thank thank you like. Thanks for your question, Kate. <laughs> um, <laughs> clear out. Look. I mean, I've I've been saying this for um, for a few weeks, and I think many people have. There's there's got to be a a massive exodus. I think there has to be because of a number of, of of players out of contract. If I'm being really harsh, I'll probably only keep three or four of them. Um, now that, that's not realistic. I'm sure we'll see a few more staying, but I think Andre Dezel could still thrive in the right environment. I think Flynn Downs would still thrive in the right environment. Teddy Bishop, if you got him in a position on, on the pitch where that was his role and, and that was it, would thrive in the right environment. Kane Vincent Young, if fit, would thrive as well. Um, that apart, <laughs> I don't feel too sentimental. And, and it's, it's not a personal thing because, I, and again, from what you hear coming out, and I'm not there on a daily, weekly or, or even monthly basis, but from what you hear, it's, it's a decent set of guys. But... I just think there's been a cloud hanging over the place for so long, such a now an expectation that things are going to go wrong or not quite be up to the mark or that we can't keep up with others and and, and that failure is almost pre-written. Um, it's become a mental aspect in people. It would for you, it would for me, it would in, in any job or in any aspect of your life. So I just think a, a bit of a purge, a bit of a flushing out is needed, except for four or five key bodies. Um, I'm sure it'll happen. You can listen to put to Paul Cook and he um, doesn't he? Yeah. I'm a Paul Cook who often says, "I don't want to say anything about this," and then kind of says it. You know, um, in terms of the massive rebuild and restructuring that's needed. So, you know, I, I would thank thank these guys for trying, which they have. But I wouldn't shed a tear for too many of them. I think it'd be a massive shame if we saw Andre Dizel in particular or Flynn Downs leave Ipswich in this kind of state without having done anything really at town, achieved anything, driven forward with them. Those are the two that I'd hang my hat on. I'd, I'd, I'd give Luke Chambers some some kind of role. I know he's for some reason still a, a, a bit divisive among some people, but in terms of captain material, loving the club, knowing the club, you do need these people. You can't just take over a club and get rid of everyone who knows it and is part of the furniture and I don't think they'll make that mistake so hopefully that there's a role for Chambers somewhere even if it's not at right back or even centre back He'd be a great an ambassadorial role kind of like Simon Milton did and then he grew into more and more kind of senior roles in the club Apologies to, I, I might need to listen to this back I don't know if I called Kate Kate O'Reilly or Kate Riley if I did say O'Reilly I apologize Kate it's only because Jonathan Cook's next question is how confident are we that Mike O'Leary and I might have just merged those two names together so apologies if I did do that I'm struggling mentally Nick I'm all over the place um how confident are we that Mike O'Leary will find a top CEO surely a critical aspect of future success um, again, Jonathan, thank you for the question. Um, he he seems confident. Talking to him the other day, it seems like he knows what he wants to do, and and an appointment will be down the track. He said there were candidates plural. Now, again, we don't know if Mark Ashton is a done deal or not, but I'm sure he is among them. Um, again, O'Leary's got a lot of contacts in in football, been around a long time. Um, I. I'm sure he'll recruit someone who he thinks has got the right experience and profile. And again, we um, we are talking gravitas and also ability to be a front man and communicate on behalf of the club, even in boardrooms and, and directors' boxes and stuff, which is very important, I think. And, and, and I think a bit of that maybe rapport with other clubs has maybe drifted away from town in recent years. So you need somebody who, as well as be, as having the business knowledge, can, can sort of get along with people, you know. Um, I think I think hopefully he is aware that these other things town need. And I I mean from listening to him the other day, um, I was quite confident that he knows what he wants to do. And I think though I, I don't think it'll be too long before they um, unveil something. Great. Um, just a, a little bit of um, flip side from Kate's question um, from Peckham Blue. Um, do you think we can expect to see an upturn in performance from the players now? This is all confirmed. 
Um, or have they down tools knowing they're unlikely not to be here next season? I, 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 I'm always a little bit. I get a bit frustrated. Um, I'm sorry. Thank you again for the for the question. Um, I, I I never like to say players have down tools or given up or stuff like that. Sometimes that you sometimes see it and it and it has happened. Most of the time, I think footballers, whoever they are, do want to do a good job. You're playing for your next contract. You're playing for this. You're playing for that. You are a professional, and like like you, like me, like anyone, you are turning up for work, and you you're not wanting to screw up, are you? Um, so. I don't think they're all going to be coming in on Saturday against MK Dons thinking, right, I'm not going to be here. There'll, there'll be people who, who like the sound of what they've heard from Brett Johnson and, and quite rightly thinking, oh, I wouldn't mind being a part of this. Let's have a go. Um, so I think, um, I mean, there's, there's the subconscious impact, I guess, sometimes of, oh, maybe I might not be here and you, you, maybe you get a bit tentative or whatever, but I don't think players consciously check out in that kind of way. And from dealing with uh, with a lot of footballers in, in my work and ask, often asking them questions about processes, processes like that, I think things can affect you subconsciously, but maybe consciously but you, I mean, you don't come in thinking, I'm not going to try today. I'm not going to try and string 10 passes together to be MK Dons, which would be quite an achievement, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, so, yeah. I don't know what the impact will be, but I don't think they're going to be downing tools sort of en masse sitting down thinking, right, that's it. I don't know if that's a very helpful answer whatsoever. And it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because, you know, the Paul Cook's introduction hasn't really yielded the kind of points return mm. that we would have expected that you've seen with the Cowleys at Portsmouth. But the, the reasons for that, I presume, are multifaceted more than contracts, possibly. You know, there's, there is, I've been trained to do a certain thing in a certain way. And now that has totally been stripped away and I'm having to learn my position from scratch. You know, it's a different voice. It's a scouse voice with different vocal cords that <laughs> go up and down. You know, it's a challenge. And obviously the off-field stuff, I, I think it's pretty common knowledge that the players didn't find out that it was formalised until pretty much the same time we did. So, mm. you know, what we don't want is MK Duns to be a damp squib. Hopefully there'll be something to, you know, to build on there. But Playoffs probably seems a bit of a stretch. Something that I think, sorry to cut in, that I think it's important that people take the sort of medium to long term view for what it is. And if and if if we if if Town now get two points from the rest of their games at this season, people don't start thinking, oh goodness, Brett, Brett Johnson game changers is all going wrong. And this is very much something the fruits of which we are not going to see until hopefully on the pitch next season and and off the pitch beyond. So um, so I I would just say. Don't don't let the next month blow you off course. <laughs> and I think that was always the case anyway, even if the takeover hadn't happened for Paul Cook. You know, I think there's a lot of people quite quick to, you know, quite rightly, quite fairly to ask what has changed or what has improved because it's, it's very difficult to see much. But yeah, you're right. It's the idea that things, fundamental problems are, are solved overnight, even with the playing staff. It just doesn't happen, does it? Um, two questions that want to merge together. One from um, Tom, um, Tom Agate. How will FFP affect our ability to splash the dollar, in his quotes? Um, and then Mark W, um, what legal limitations, whatever they are currently, could limit our ambition for a quick rebuild and promotion next season? I mean, yeah, it's given we'd practically need a whole new first eleven. Not that I think transfer fees are particularly important. This summer, as we keep saying in League One, with the number of contracts expired, but any any kind of legal limitations, um, squad limits that EFL and the PFA have been debating that might stifle our ability to succeed. I don't know of anything that's coming immediately down, down the track, and I, I think um, you know, very fortunate that the salary cap situation has has been put on the shelf for now, as I understand it. Um, I, it's, it's funny. I, I, I was talking to um, to somebody else about a month ago who who was involved with a group that at one time might potentially have been interested in sounding Evans out about town, although it hasn't got to that or needed um, to get to that. And that person got back onto me and said, "Oh, thank goodness about um, about the salary cap. Nothing, you know, you'd, um, there'd be a, a lot of trouble getting something through." if that was in place. So I think um, now that that isn't in action, I think in the context of what town need to do, it should be okay, frankly. 
um, over, over this summer, but a lot of dealing is required. <laughs> and you see, my my um, my biggest concern from um, from a fan point of view is. Um, hopefully getting Sunderland out of that division because they've got a lot of money to spend and I think they're quite happy to spend it. I've seen, I've seen and heard £60 million mentioned here and there from Kill Louis Dreyfus. They're getting the recruitment guy, I think, from Blackburn for, for a big salary who has done a very good job there. They're, they're, they're doing what I think Game Changer might do and sorry, this is a bit tangential. Um, they're spending a lot of money on good people knowing that if good people make the right decisions, then that minimises or mitigates any... any outlay you've made in doing that um and i think game changer might go down, down a similar route fingers crossed um final question from from jason um do you think the takeover will see itfc step back from taking loans um and equally can you see us making an offer for any of the current youngsters on loan with us hmm. again i um, i think loans now are an inescapable part of life especially where town are you always um, only going to get loans and it's unless your squad's packed with them it's fine i mean it's it's only if you get in a situation where where town have been in where you've got too many to fill the bench which we were told would never happen again yeah um, you panic in january don't you like we've okay. done twice now I, um, for me again fag packet but three good season long loans maybe two if they're very good is excellent in a squad um and I've, i fully see that happening again i i mean i I think Paul Cook is, you know, whether or not, and and there will be, but whether or not there are changes in how a town recruit in terms of data and and analysis, this pre-season he's going to be restricted still to, to the domestic market and probably below a league market. You're not going to be casting your net abroad partly because of the, the, the regulations now mean that you can only bring in a certain calibre of player. Um, so I think... Um, I think he's going to have to look at the loan market. If you're talking about the current guys, it's very difficult because a lot of them have been sort of flung in together, much like when Paul Hurst brought in too many lower division players at once. And you think one or two of these guys could probably do well in a good team with experience alongside them in a functioning unit. I think Mark McGuinness could could be good with another year. I also, and I know it frustrates people, but I think Keenan Bennett has got something, definitely. And I'd be quite interested um, to see what he could do when fit for another year. So you wouldn't say no to having either of those guys back. So Luke, Math- Luke Matheson, he's not really featured much. Yeah, um, like him, and he, he was very good when he first broke through as a 16-year-old, wasn't he, at Rochdale? But um, the joy's out for me on that. Um but I think McGuinness and Bennett um, have good potential. Whether we see any of them back in practice, I think it's unlikely. I think Cook's going to have his shopping list, isn't he? Let's mm. be honest, which may or may not include anyone at the, online at the moment. Um, that's the end of the questions. Thank you, everyone, for those. Nick, thank you for answering them um, and mm, yeah. your insights um, and your positivity to the future. Looking to the immediate future, can I put you on the, on the rack for a prediction for MK Dons? On Saturday, one one. Um, uh, MK are a bit of a mixed bag, aren't they? We saw they they got beaten quite comfortably by Crew the other week, but they're the kind of team that Town don't play, don't do that well against. They keep the ball. I think they got the third best passing stats in Europe, or or something ridiculous like that. And um, Russell Martin, really, really good young manager. He'd love to beat us as well, wouldn't he? Yeah, oh, he would, he would, and um, got them a very definite structure there. They play in, in a way that actually I, I haven't seen too often at this level. Some of the in, the interplays they do, and I think um, I think they'll make it very tough. And I think it's a town that it's a game that town need to win. And if if they win, suddenly you're thinking, hold on, but just can't quite see it. I'm afraid. I don't mean they'll have enough of the ball, and town are not a very efficient team, but. I think your point is possible. Yeah, um, I'm just just hot off the press while we're recording. This is Friday. Um, it seems like the rumours about Mark Ashton are uh, only increasing. So um, we'll have to see how that. What you've already given a kind of a bit of a take on him. We we obviously yeah. don't know too much there, but that's that's obviously news that might. As the day goes on and when this comes out, it might have developed a bit more. That does not surprise me at all. So we shall see how that shows. Thanks, Nick. Um, where can we find you on Twitter and all that? 
Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm on Twitter, um, Nick Ames eighty two. Um, you can find uh, find me on there. Um, and this weekend, you're you said you're covering Fulham Wolves. Yeah, I'm I'm I, I'm at Fulham Wolves tonight. I'm at Brighton on uh, Brighton on Monday. Emirates last night, and I can tell you that covering Arsenal is just as frustrating as supporting <laughs> Ipswich. Um, so yeah, highly caffeinated this morning, um, <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully get a peek of the um, of the I follow tomorrow afternoon. Although um, I might need a bit of a break at some point. Have a bit of a break, yeah. I, I think one one all is a good prediction. It's not. I don't think it's going to be a five all, but. We'll see. Um, Nick, thanks again. We'll, we'll do a few, just a couple of quick plugs. Obviously, we've got our, um, we're sponsored um, for the rest of the season by our friends at Favourite Chicken. If you're into chicken, it, it's the, these are options in London for you. Um, though I think the discount that we've got, which is um, BM20, if you enter the code of the checkout, gets you 20% off orders over £10. Um, give that a look. Um, if you're interested in um, Terrace, uh, Terrace Life and their merchandise. Uh, we've got a referral link where you can buy stuff. I think they've got a US flag with Ipswich Town badges as the stars, which is as, as a mug. So um, why not treat yourself to one of those? Um, you can find us at Blue Monday ITFC. You can find me at Ipswich. Um, ben is back for the flagship show on the weekend. Um, and I think he's been joined by Dave and Seb. And um and that's it. That's it. Nick, I'll, I, I will let you, if you want, have the final word. You can give us a kind of a rallying cry for the summer and season to come. Well, I, I just um, I just echo what, what I said earlier, really, which is that, you know, first, um, first, first impressions of these guys are, are, are very positive. I think I think the only way for everyone involved with it, which now to make this work is to be on the same page, to treat it as a a brand new start, as hack or cliche as as that might seem, a blank piece of paper, a new start, one where we maybe park our um you know our, our past disappointment and the the weight of frustration that, that's piled on and just get behind it. And like I said, if we if you if you do have the resources to get a season ticket or do something like that, try and do it and let's all Let's all start and see where this goes because I think these guys have um, got a good plan. Thanks for watching or listening to the Blue Monday podcast. And thanks to those of you who have kindly supported the channel via Acast or YouTube donations. You can follow us at the usual places on social media and don't forget to subscribe so that you get our new shows first. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in a participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.